0: Welcome into the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotoviz podcast. This is the December 25th episode. Merry Christmas to all of you out there. And as always, we remain dedicated to answering all of those fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Mike Randall. Follow me on Twitter at RandallRant, and today we welcome in someone I always wanted to have on the podcast, Blair Andrews. He's the managing editor, co-owner of Rotoviz here, does a fantastic job. Writer, does so much for our site. He's the co-host along with Hassan Rahim, another good friend of mine. Fantasy Football Report podcast on Road of His Radio. Consultant for draft consultants as well. Fantastic fantasy football mind. Amazing writer. Gives us great insight here and is the perfect person to break things down as we head into week 16 fantasy football championship time. Please follow him on Twitter at Blair? You certainly are my friend and welcome to the Road of His Mailbag. (laughs)
1: Well thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and uh yeah, I don't know if I'm the the perfect person to be breaking down these fantasy championship matchups, but I'll uh you know do my best. <laughs> well, I
0: think Blair, the key for week 16 is being objective. And I have a hard time with that as well. And I think one of the great things that you're able to do is analyze things without bringing in that subjective bias. And of course, that's what we do here at Rotoviz. So many amazing things, so many changes going on with the site. It's been fantastic. Honored to be a part of it. Why don't you outline some of the great things going on here at Rotoviz and how the year has been going?
1: Yeah, the year's been going really great. I mean, we got uh, a ton of tools on the site, a ton of new tools, even um, some that Mike Beers has been adding. Uh, even in the middle of the season, we've we've put up some new ones. We've got great content every week by um, all the writers, so it's really been uh, a fantastic season this year. And uh, yeah, even our her own uh, Rotoviz, you know, owned <laughs> teams have been doing have been doing well. So our theses. For the most part, seem to be paying off. So yeah, very good season.
0: So I want to ask specifically how your fantasy football leagues have been going. I find myself here heading into week sixteen, Blair, with an inordinate amount of pressure. I'm in the Flex Leagues <laughs> Championship that Jake Sealy does. We usually do it on Sirius XM. I have a team that is undefeated. I am 14-0 heading into the championship now. Followed all the 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 great articles here at Rotoviz, which helped beyond belief. But the pressure is is just building. So best ball leagues, dynasty leagues, seasonal leagues. How are you doing so far? And what are some of the big things that you're looking for here as we head into week 16?
1: Uh, yeah, this has been kind of a mixed season, I suppose for me. I mean, uh, in the main event team that I co own with Sean Siegel, we are currently ranked 30th overall. So that's a big one. That Sure. hoping we can move up the board that one um i'm you know my best ball teams i think this wasn't the best year for me in best ball but i'm still gonna have a few a few teams a few uh take down some leagues so it uh hopefully will not be a complete loss but um yeah it's uh it's always interesting how how you get into the end of a season and some of your teams look great and some look pretty awful but um that's how it always is i think but uh definitely excited for for week 16 and kind of following a lot of what's going on there
0: you know looking back at the way the season was blair i i remember coming in it seemed like if you picked early and i hear all the great pods of course yours colum Sean, all the great ones we have here on the site If you picked early in the first round, it was pretty much you have to go RB, right? With McCaffrey and Barkley and all the guys up front. (laughs) But I feel like the more successful teams are the ones that had the options at the end of round one. Do I take Devontae Adams? Do I take Dalvin Cook? So what was your overall mindset coming in here? Were you you staying with the tradition of, look, if we pick early, I have to take one of those running backs and then maybe doing like a modified zero RB. And then if you pick towards the back end of round one, was it pretty much a zero RB mindset, you know, moving forward?
1: Yeah, I was for the most part. If I had an early pick, I was sticking with one of those top running backs i think a lot of the research we've done has shown that if you can hit on one of those guys like a mccaffrey last year then that really is the best way to kind of supercharge your team um, so you hit on one of those early running backs and then you take a bunch of wide receivers in rounds two through six or something um, but yeah obviously that didn't necessarily work out for a lot of teams this year i think unless you drafted Kamara at like third or fourth overall then probably your early running back pick is not is not very good. So it, it's been a good year to to get a later pick and actually be able to do a true zero RB build. So that's something that I'm uh, very grateful for on a lot of my teams.
0: Blair, I want to get into expected points, but before I do that, I just want to remind all the listeners you can get a 10% discount off of a one-year Rotoviz subscription, a great deal, by using the promo code 2020RV Radio at checkout. You get all the tools, articles, analysts. Check it out. Rotoviz Radio, 10% off Rotoviz subscription there at Rotoviz.com. You've done a deep dive throughout the year on expected points, and I, I feel that we're ahead of the curve in terms of looking at certain metrics that are predictive. And I do think that regression was a hot topic. I've mentioned this for several weeks, years ago. Now people have caught up. The general fantasy public, I would say, has caught up to regression, that there's also positive regression, etc. But the expected points model, I think, is a new one that's sort of really starting to take hold and get some, some positive vibes in the general fantasy community. Talk about it a little bit. Talk about what you were, you've learned through while doing the process and what were some things that you pointed out here because it's been fantastic to follow throughout the year
1: yeah well expected points are something that uh, fantasy douche came up with back in you know many years ago back in the early days of rotoviz and it's basically taking the it's basically finding the average amount of fantasy points that a target or carry will score or is supposed to score based on the uh, down distance field position stuff like that so it's a way to look at opportunity that has kind of These weights already built in, you know, a target is worth more than a carry, a carry at the five yard line is worth more than a carry at the 50. How do we account for that in a single number? So that's what expected points really does well. Um, And yeah, it not only accounts for that really well, but it's also extremely predictive of future expected points and future uh, fantasy scoring. So um, yeah, one thing that has jumped out as I've been looking at them is just how well, I mean, a couple of things, you know, first of all, just how how predictive they can be not only of future opportunity, but of uh, who's going to even have a better game like in the next week or something. So if you look at a guy who got a lot of opportunity and maybe underperformed that, that's a good sign that uh, he should be able to bounce back next week. I mean, that's not anything maybe um, earth shattering, but expected points gives you a real number to put on that. um Well, on that expectation. And then the other thing, I mean, we talk a lot about how opportunity is predictive and efficiency is more random. But in looking at efficiency in terms of the fantasy points that a player scores above what you would expect, above their expected point total, that actually uh, adds some signal that is hard to tease out of a lot of other efficiency metrics like yards per target or yards per carry or something. So that's also been a really Uh, interesting finding
0: yeah, and I think it, there's a parallel there with air yards, right? Because what you're talking about is trying to identify players or situations where you can have a a, a huge increase from what we've seen, almost like the mm-hmm. potential, the, the car in the garage, if you will, Blair, that's filled with gas. I watched Fast and the Furious last night, if you can't tell, but <laughs> I, and that, and there's raring to go, right? It's it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen, but it narrows your focus, especially like in DFS when sure. you're looking at all these players and you're trying to figure out, oh my goodness, which one? I go to go to sometimes expected points in air yards it's something that can really swing you right
1: yeah exactly I think uh air yards are kind of another piece of the puzzle that um that you know, both expected points and air yards together can really give you a a good sense of how valuable a player's workload is and ha- and what you should expect them to uh, produce given kind of average efficiency so yeah they're both uh really good metrics to look at
0: well, I remember hearing Sean and Colm talk about Ronald Jones back in the beginning of the year. I jumped <laughs> on the Ronald Jones bandwagon and it certainly mirrored Blair a rocky Balboa fight because when Fournette came on the bucks, everyone thought it was over, and then Ronald Jones did pretty well, but then he fumbled and you'd see on social media all the tweets by Ronald. See you later, Ronald. Yet I think we've won this fight. I, I think if we, it's, it's it's if you went to the judges right now, I think we've won. How did that happen? And and how did Ronald Jones hold off Fournette and find a way to stay relevant here in this Tampa Bay offense?
1: I mean, well, the truth is, I think the Jaguars, who are a one in thirteen team now, knew what they had in Fournette, right? Yep. So um, we shouldn't have necessarily been surprised that uh, he wasn't able to to take over this backfield. I think. Um, after that signing happened it was kind of it was a little disappointing for those of us who were behind Ronald Jones but at the same time I think you could you could see that Fournette wasn't going to be a long-term threat there so I was still pretty bullish on Ronald Jones even after that signing especially because his price came down a little bit so um yeah I think it was good news if you were able to if you were able to stay the course and and kind of stay on the Ronald Jones bandwagon. Um, yeah, he's been he's been even better than I expected this year. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what he can do long term.
0: 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account anytime and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. The wait is finally over, folks. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win the season. From the game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Go and head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And of course, let's talk about the big hits, which here at Rotovis is going to be the 0RB train. Give me, you know, <laughs> sort of a big hit or two that you had that you looked at. Maybe you targeted late round in best ball or maybe you were able to get in your seasonal leagues that you're pretty psyched. You know what? I We got this one right. I, I'm going to take a guess. It's an RB and I have a couple ideas, but I want to hear what you're going to say.
1: <laughs> well, the, the person who actually came to mind first for me is Justin Jefferson because God, he's someone okay. that okay. I profiled as a as a wide receiver prospect and said back in. Uh, I guess it was actually before the draft. Maybe I said back then that he was the only wide receiver prospect in the class who checks every box, and that is turning out to be, I mean, that's right an even b- bigger hit than I hoped. So. Right on the money. Right um, on the money. Yeah, yeah. So that's one I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about. Um, I mean, in terms of running backs, a lot of my favorite running backs ended up, be, ended up kind of being misses. But uh, one person that we were on fairly early, Sean Siegel, wrote up. Um, also another rookie, he wrote a profile of him, uh, I think after the combine and that was James Robinson who sort of came out of nowhere and, uh, really has been a league winner. So those are some really big hits that we've had this year that, that are pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, Jefferson's been tremendous. He's been so good that I actually had some questions here from listeners on the mailbag saying, like, what to do with Adam Thielen? And the answer is nothing. Mm. But I do understand that, like, Thielen is pretty much red zone, at least the last few weeks he's been, without the yardage. Jefferson gets that yardage. And in that game that Thielen was out, he went great. He was ballistic. So Jefferson was a great call. And, yeah, James Robinson, really odd, Blair. I mean, we, we keep doubting him, but the opportunity share <laughs> is there every single yeah. week. I mean, now they're saying they're – He's gonna to try to play on Sunday. It was talk about Divine and Zigbo. I mean, the Jaguars are a disaster. There was a report today that Gardner Minshew <laughs> is not a lock to start. I mean, I mean, they're 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 almost, I think, looking at the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes now that the Jets have won right. and just try to throw misdirection. But yeah, James Robinson, what a performance.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh he's uh it's it's odd to see. Well, I mean, you remember back when Philip Lindsay was Uh, rookie who came into the league as an undrafted free agent and um he obviously took the league by storm then but only a couple years later right his team brings in melvin gordon and um they had had him in a timeshare with royce freeman for a while so there's always a little bit of hesitation about these undrafted free agents that um even if they look good you're not sure the team totally believes in them. But that doesn't seem to be the case with Robinson at all. It seems like they're they're fully behind him. So that's exciting.
0: Yeah, Lindsey's a great one because he comes in being a pretty efficient pass catcher from Colorado. He then comes mm-hmm. in and... His first year was solid. His second year, he ends up being the goal line back. And Royce Freeman was catching the passes. And now this year, it's Melvin Gordon. So sometimes they're even hesitant to rely on that undrafted free agent for what they can do. But with Robinson, I mean... I put out a tweet like it wouldn't be a normal Sunday, Blair, if we didn't get James Robinson touchdown called back because of a penalty. And last <laughs> week he had a 22-yarder that was ripped off that was called back, So yeah. two weeks ago rather. So really interesting there. They, 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 they certainly do trust him. Yeah. Uh, biggest misses. Uh, I'm not going to go with the injuries here. I'm going to go with, for me, I bought into the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hype. And, and I understand that Le'Veon Bell comes in, which changes the dynamic. But really, it, it has been frustrating. He's probably one of the few rookie running backs that's been in really an ideal situation that has not been able to produce where we thought he would be. So you mentioned some of the misses here. Um Who was a guy or, or two that you said, you know, I'm just, I'm shocked the way it is. The other one that was for me is if I ended up going early and taking a running back in those first couple picks, I ended up with DJ Chark on almost every team. And that has just not worked out. So any misses out there that you can remember?
1: Uh yeah, for sure. Edward Solir is a is a good one. He's another he's one of the rookie running backs I was I was pretty excited about. Um so yeah, it's been disappointing to see his season Think Shark is a good one too. Um, I own Marquise Brown on a lot of teams. Oh, he finally yeah, had a good yeah. He finally had a good game. Really, really his first good game since week one. But still, it's been, it's been frustrating to to own him and see Lamar Jackson just miss him on half the throws. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know this guy didn't really hurt your team so much because of how cheap he was, but somebody I own on almost every best ball team who's done literally zero is Eno Benjamin. I know, Um, So it's been frustrating to own him.
0: Especially if if we knew Kenyon Drake, would. I mean, he's been so frustrating. Obviously, Chase Edmondson, we understand that. But yeah, I thought Benjamin get a little bit more run.
1: For sure, yeah. He looks like, I mean, just based on kind of their profiles and what, what you've seen from them in the league, Benjamin looks like he could have come in and been... Uh, one of the, you know, been a real contributor right away on a team that was going to run a lot of plays, score a lot of points. So I think the, I don't know, I think the process was right on that call, but, but it's just weird the way they haven't even activated him once this season.
0: Well, for some reason, the most important meal of the day is a weekly topic, breakfast, Blair, cereal, (laughs) thoughts, coffee, tea. Give me the breakdown here for Blair Andrews before he dives in and gives that great fantasy advice
1: yeah uh yeah I guess it's the most important meal of the day, but I usually have like only coffee and um don't eat any food at breakfast at all, and that's not even like a conscious choice. I'm just i don't know wake up and uh don't feel like eating, so I don't usually um but uh yeah. It's a, it's a ton of coffee for me to start my day.
0: Yeah, I, people have shied away from the cereal. We've had a variety. Those from the Midwest want the hearty protein. But whatever it is, it's its got to be consistent. And coffee has been the answer pretty much across the board. Let's take a look at week 16 now. Great schedule. we got a Friday night game or a Christmas game rather than the afternoon, Minnesota, New Orleans. Three games on Saturday, the slate on Sunday. And of course... Buffalo and New England, Patriots eliminated from playoff contention, but that's not going to matter with Belichick. Give me your thoughts here. A couple things that you see in Week 16, players, teams, spots, that sort of jump out that people should be aware of as they're preparing for the Fantasy Football Championship.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the first things I'm looking at um, pretty closely is this Matthew Stafford injury because I'm hoping for a big game from Hawkinson in a couple leagues. So I think that will that will determine kind of what I decide to do with, with TJ Hawkinson. Um, And then, you know, obviously the, the Browns going up against the New York jets are in a great spot for a lot of their players. So that's a game that I think I want to take a, a close look at and see what pieces on that, on that side make sense. But yeah, those are, those are really the two situations that I'm, that I'm, Noticing uh, right off the bat.
0: Yeah, I, I've put out some tweets and they're totally subjective and I'm biased, but I was hoping mm-hmm. they would save Drew Brees because I have Josh Allen and I have yeah. Matthew Stafford. It's a super flex league. Stafford's been fine. They did keep him upright, but I was shocked, Blair, last week. I figured with the rib injury, they would want mm-hmm. uh, Stafford to get the ball out quickly. I thought Hawkinson would have a huge week, but I do think they ended up using him to block more, uh, which was surprising to me. Because if you yeah. figured that he can't let it go as much as maybe he normally does, you figured Hawkinson would have a huge week.
1: Yeah, it's tricky. I don't. I'd have to go back and check on on uh, Hawkinson's actual depth of target. But um, you know, these tight ends are used, especially these really dynamic ones, are used in such such different ways, like. Uh, Hawkinson might be most effective the way you see Kelsey and Gronk kind of running down the seam so I don't know if there's a lot of uh there's a lot of dump off opportunities for them I mean as I recall DeAndre Swift had five targets in this game um so you know there was some some short area target competition I suppose but uh but yeah it was disappointing to see the game Hawkinson had and I'm definitely a little bit a little bit worried about Stafford's health going into week sixteen.
0: Thank a teacher, time. Positive mojo we're trying to spread here. COVID, <laughs> the vaccines are coming out, Blair, so I think we're headed in the right direction. But thank a teacher. Somebody your K twelve years or college, people have gone to college. Just an educator that you know you sort of want to thank that had a, a nice positive influence on you during your schooling.
1: Well, I mean, this is kind of a cop out, but both of my parents are teachers and we're actually my uh, teachers and Excellent.
0: <laughs> in excellent. Very good. Yes.
1: So that's an easy one that, I mean, obviously, obvious way to point to them having a, an influence, um,
0: yeah. When the teachers or the parents, and that's happened more than you would think on this podcast, that makes a big, big deal. Some people have said, you know, uh, it's a little hard. You go in, you have to go to the bathroom, you have to ask your mom, you know, <laughs> but but like they, they know you the best, right? And it's it's all about, I've always said, Blair, you, you can teach, I can teach someone that two times two is not five, okay? But I cannot teach them to stand up there and demand the respect of uh, fourth graders, eighth graders, 11th graders, whatever yeah. it is. That's yeah. a skill. So coming from a, a family of educators, I salute you. That is great, great stuff.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily got the uh, genes like I have kids of my own and trying to get them to to pay attention to me to listen to me is is its own thing so I don't quite have the the teacher mentality perhaps but uh, but it's all good
0: do not ask me about multiplying decimals with my 10 year old daughter last night (laughs) we will skip that right now Uh, let's get into redraft lightning round give me the better week 16 player we'll assume PPR formats here so who do you think will have a better performance in week 16 I'm going to start with a big one. This is interesting. We got the Vikings at the Saints. The Saints' run defense has been historic. They struggled against Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders a couple weeks ago, of course. Saints against the Vikings. So Dalvin Cook, obviously fantastic, but has a tough matchup. Or Alvin Kamara, who has not been great with the receptions, but breezes back, but his weapons are limited. So maybe Zimmer will focus on Kamara. Who do you like there between those two studs?
1: I think I'm going to go with Kamara on this one. And for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, I mean, just having Breeze back, no Michael Thomas. I think there's a very good chance we see him reach double-digit targets. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting a pretty huge game from him. And I think uh, the matchup's a little better for him, too, than Cook going against uh, the Saints. So I would give the slight edge to Kamara. But obviously, Cook can put up a big a big rushing game with multiple touchdowns any any week. So it's uh, it's close.
0: These next two players, I consider wide receiver three flex plays. Jacoby Myers on Monday Night Football have to assume that the Pats are going to have to pass a bit there to keep up with the Bills, um, especially with no Stefan Gilmore there. So Diggs may have a, an easier time than normal. But he's when he gets targets, he has big games. So Jacoby Myers or T.Y. Hilton, who has risen from the dead, that gif of people rising out of the coffin is meant for T. Y. Hilton, but he is outdoors. Mm-hmm. He is at Pittsburgh. It is the cold, and they are coming off a loss to the Bengals. So which one do you like there better as like, let's say, a wide receiver three flex play?
1: Uh yeah, I the New England pass catchers are so tricky. I mean, you know, one week it's Myers, another week it's like Demir Bird, like it could be anybody who's who's catching the passes for them. Um, I think I'm going to go with Hilton on this one. Uh, I believe the matchup against Pittsburgh is a little bit better for him. I think, um, we've seen him kind of, well, yeah, he's really kind of turned it on a little bit toward the, in the second half of the season. So I like him to continue that, uh, continue that streak. So I'm going with Hilton.
0: I could see a situation where somebody is behind the eight ball going into Sunday And they have desperation plays. They need a boom week. And in those situations, let's say it's a flex, a wide receiver four, even three maybe. Would you rather DJ Chark at home against the Bears? Good defense, obviously, but Chark has big playability. Or Michael Gallup at home against Philly? That's a questionable secondary. Slay's probably on Cooper. Neither player has performed well. Both have a wide variance in how they could do, but both can hit the home run. If you were desperate and and behind early after Friday, Saturday, which one would you lean to?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, if you're behind early and need a big ceiling game, then I think I would lean towards Shark. Um, He obviously has kind of the multiple touchdown upside Uh, Gallup could, Gallup could do it as well, but there's just more competition there. I think if you're looking at like the matchups and trying to play it based on that, you might lean Gallup. Um, you know, one of the new tools that Mike Beers has put together is this GPS matchup raider. And if you, if you load shark and Gallup up next to each other in that, you can see Gallup's matchup is a lot better. Shark has, uh, not Not the worst, but, I mean, it's below average for him. So um, there are a a lot of reasons to think that Gallup might do better. But if you need that ceiling game, then I would lean lean toward Shark.
0: I always try to acquire the team backfields down the stretch in case of injury. So I'm going to go here daryl henderson at seattle no cam Akers. that's a question there or if you did on waivers because you certainly didn't probably have a militia in like the deepest league ever (laughs) daryl williams for the chiefs against atlanta uh i don't think Le'Veon bell is going to get you know 25 carries so i think williams will be worked in a little bit do you have a lean here both uh tough matchups henderson or daryl williams
1: yeah i i would lean toward henderson Although, like you said, they're both tough matchups. So even with the kind of bump they would get from the guy ahead of them being out, I don't know that I would necessarily expect a huge game from either of them. You know, uh, Le'Veon Bell, obviously, is probably going to get most of the touches in Kansas City. Malcolm Brown is still a thing in Los Angeles. And he he even seems to be the one who has the pass-catching role. So um, you could see... Both Henderson and Williams get like some carries and possibly not do much with them against tough defenses. So, um, you know, if I'm in this situation, I guess I'm pretty desperate. I would go with Henderson. He seems to have more of the big play ability. Uh, So you kind of want to bet on that ceiling a little bit more. But um, this one's close, too, and not not uh, a sort of decision that I would necessarily want to have to make.
0: I love Memento 7. I've got some great recommendations on movies from people who've come on the pod. Peter Overzet talked about Get Out. I loved it. Knives Up I watched the other day. So really what I'm doing here, Blair, is I'm trying to steal movie suggestions from the guests. Is there one with a suspenseful ending or a trick or just one that you enjoy watching here uh, that you can mention?
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, yeah, the ones you picked, Memento and 7, are two of my favorites. Um Let's see, I'm trying to think of of good movies I've seen recently. Um, so many of the movies that I'm watching, I'm watching with with my kids, so it's like... Uh,
0: um, you have to be careful then, <laughs> that's the problem, you have to vet them, right, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Um, man, I mean, when I saw this question, I was thinking, okay, a movie with a suspenseful ending, I don't know, um, one I liked when I was young was like Usual Suspects, but yes, I've, yes. I've watched it I've watched it since then, and now I'm kind of of the opinion that the whole movie is not really that good until you get to the end. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so taking it, uh, you know, going back and watching it after after many years, you kind of reassess how, how you thought of these movies back when you first saw them. Uh, but maybe that's a bad take. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Oh, man, I wish I could remember some recent movies I saw um
0: it's funny <laughs> the usual suspects was on last night i actually got the ending there yeah yeah the dropping of the coffee cup was superior that's yeah. a, a funny yeah. one yeah for sure
1: yeah excellent ending and i don't maybe i'm maybe i i'm not giving it enough credit in the uh the first half of the movie but i just remember thinking uh, if i saw this movie and i mean obviously if i was watching this movie and for some reason had to turn it off before the ending would i want to go back to it Probably not.
0: Got it. You got it. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Give me a pick this week against the spread that you've like. I've asked this. So a couple that jumped out to me right away, just seeing, you know, mindset here. I think seven's a lot against New Orleans for the Vikings. I I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I know we still say breeze at home, breeze at home, breeze at home. No Michael Thomas, maybe no Traquan Smith. Zimmer has a decent defense. That's a lot of points for me. And the other one that I'm curious on, Arizona at home is only five against San Francisco, and it looks like they're starting C.J. Beathard. I know that Kyle Shanahan is the quarterback whisperer. I recognize that, but any of those or, or maybe a different game that you like so far with a spread that pops out and, and you're curious on?
1: Yeah, that uh, the New Orleans-Minnesota one is definitely interesting, I think especially because the last few you. Uh, or at least last year, maybe it's been the last two years. Even we've seen Minnesota really give new Orleans problems in the playoffs. So they kind of have this, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have a chip on their shoulder, but maybe it's sort of something they're trying to, um, you know, something psychological that they, they might not be able to get over. I don't know. But, um, so that's an interesting one. I mean, the other game I'm looking at, I think, um, Jacksonville is at home against Chicago and the spread there is like seven and a half. Yep, Good one. And uh, I believe it opened a lot lower, but has moved to seven and a half. And that's one where I think uh, the Jaguars to cover would be pretty interesting.
0: Yes, that's an excellent call. I I agree. It's one no one's betting on. It's the Bears on the road. All due respect to the Allen Robinson revenge game. I I do think that's a very very interesting one. Uh, Let's take a look upcoming at at the millionaire DFS. Let's take a look at some plays here. I'm curious, who do you see coming up here at quarterback that is going to be a, a cheap option that you think is is a, a someone people can really look at here in DFS? So we're talking DFS plays now, week 16. Let's take a look. Quarterback, who do you like?
1: Uh, let's see. Give me a give me a price range. What are we talking about in terms of cheap?
0: I'd say anything below 6000 on DraftKings. All so, right. you know, l- right. let's look at, you know, because, and again, if you go there, and I, I had a great lineup last week, but uh, two weeks ago by Mike Glennon, I ended up putting him in, which was a total mistake. <laughs> so you don't want to go too cheap, but somebody you think you'd be really, really right. solid. Jalen Hurts is now up to 7000 so I'm going to disqualify yeah. him. But players yeah. like Goff at, Se- at Seattle, Matt Ryan maybe in a shootout, Kansas City, Trubisky, uh Rivers, Dalton, uh thoughts, any of those guys?
1: Yeah, Matt Ryan is kind of interesting. I think there might be some some wind concerns in that game, but I'm not sure if it's gonna rise to the level of actual an actual concern. I mean, uh, Baker Mayfield is right above your cutoff, but he's obviously in a great spot. Sure. Even though that game could get out of hand, you still would expect him to be putting up some points. The other guy who I think is kind of interesting is Tua at Las Vegas. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. That's one that I think could go kind of under the radar, but he could, he could score a few touchdowns against them. So that's one I'm looking at with a little bit of interest.
0: Especially with a great coaching staff that seems to put him in, in situations to succeed mm-hmm. no matter what. Take a look at running back now. A couple that jump off the page below that 6K mark. Le'Veon Bell is only 5,800. There's players out that Joe Mixon is not going to play again, so we can, of course, talk about Bernard. I'm curious. I think Benny Snell would be a fantastic play player if Connor does not play again. I mean, he did a pretty nice job against Cincinnati. I I do think it's going to be positive game script for him. So any thoughts here? Bernard's at 4,800 on a running back, a cheap running back play.
1: Yeah, uh I like Bernard. I love the Benny Snell call. I think that's a good one if Connor is out. We've seen obviously he can he can score some touchdowns and uh he's he's got some some talent. So I like that call. Um Yeah, Bernard. Bernard is interesting. He had a lot of he had like 25 carries last game as I recall, right? But mm-hmm. and and was able to score um a touchdown on that on that catch but yeah there are other guys like I'm, I'm still waiting for them to give Travion Williams a, a bigger role in in Cincinnati so I'm kind of holding out hope for that but I think Bernard is definitely a good play there as well
0: yeah, it's a great call. Coming into that game, you know, he only had nine rushing attempts, eight. He had 12 for 30 yards at Miami Bernard, mm-hmm. and then three mm-hmm. for eight. And he goes 25 attempts, 83 rushing yards, a touchdown, and caught a pass for 14 yards and a touchdown as well on the one target. So that, that's a really good yeah. one. I agree. A wide receiver, always a place where you're looking at some of the cheaper options because they can be feast or famine. A couple names, and then give me your choice. Russell Gage has been pretty good without Julio Jones, of course, in KC. Curtis Samuel was back, and he does so many great things there. Higgins, unless you think they're they're going to keep going to landry uh any of the options here that you like Crowder of course it can always get a ton of receptions and dare I say Blair Chad Hansen, who's actually been this year <laughs> for Houston? Uh, any of these players look good
1: uh yeah, a bit some of them um the one guy you mentioned Higgins he's interesting, but the one guy there who I think is even more interesting. Because um, he's cheaper and probably going to be lower owned is Donovan peebles Jones, ah, who's gotten good. Uh, some a few big plays going his way. I think that uh, this is a a really good opportunity for him to have sort of a breakout game. He wasn't someone that we were necessarily, you know, looking at from a prospect evaluation perspective just because he didn't have a lot of the numbers that we like. But he he did uh, declare early for the NFL draft, and that's. A huge positive signal, so I think there's some good reasons to to like him, especially in this matchup. And then, of course, the other guy who I'm looking at is uh, McCall Hardman, who I'm expecting to to put up a ton of points against oh, Atlanta.
0: Always, yep, I love him. I always like McCall Hardman because you, he's so cheap. You get the one play. I guess I, a great call, excellent call. And and lastly, tight end, the wasteland that is tight end. If you have Kelsey, <laughs> you have Andrews. You're psyched. In my flex leagues, I do have Logan Thomas uh, Blair. So can he keep going? Although we have no idea who the quarterback is going to be right now, Logan Thomas <laughs> or any other options that are out there. I mean, Cole Komet uh, may get another uh, another chance to have a bigger role here. Anybody you like at tight end?
1: Yeah, I like both Thomas and Komet, and I think. Um you thomas has kind of shown that it almost doesn't matter who the quarterback is he can still he can still get those targets and turn them into a lot of yards so i think he's a pretty exciting option um i would definitely be be happy going that way noah fant had a good game the other day he's about the same price as thomas
0: Oh, oh my god finally yes he would
1: be an interesting one yeah yeah, he I've been waiting for him to finally put up a big game. So now that he's done it I'm I'm <laughs> I'm expecting it again, but he'll probably fall flat. Um you know, kind of some lower under the radar guys. I mean, I don't know if you know, these Cleveland guys could get up there in ownership, but since you don't really know who to play between Njoku and Harrison Bryant, maybe they maybe they keep each other uh pretty low owned, but um neither of them get a lot of targets necessarily, although Harrison Bryant had six targets the other day I want to say so he's kind of interesting just as like a pure punt play who could get a touchdown or two
0: yeah great end zone target for sure Blair this was awesome one more question then we'll get you out of here I always look back. Last year, I remember on the mailbag, we kept talking about Dolphins-Bengals Week 16. Dolphins-Bengals. And listen, in two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues, if they played Ryan Fitzpatrick last year in Week 16, 419 passing yards, four touchdowns, you probably brought home the title. So I'm curious. Look into your crystal ball. When we wake up on Monday night as we're headed into that game or even Tuesday morning— Who's the player that people are going to be scratching their heads about that could actually get into starting lineups that you think could be a difference maker here for the most important week of the 2020 fantasy season?
1: Yeah, all right. For this one, I'm going to go back to uh, fulfill the hype from our preseason and in-season uh, you know, hopes and uh, go back to this Jacksonville game and say that while the matchup isn't great for DJ Chark according yes! to the GPS matchup Raider, I still think uh oh well maybe I'm getting ahead of myself by mentioning him. The name the player I was gonna name actually was Leviska <laughs>
0: ah,
1: ah, the yes. Bears will uh the Bears will be able to stop Shark and LaVisca will have a game that you have to have to win.
0: I love it. I love it. Visca Chanel. You
1: know what? I could see it I could see it going to Shark as well.
0: <laughs> That's a great call. Both players, absolutely. LaVisca would be perfect symmetry here at Rhodoviz. That's an excellent call. Folks, Blair Andrews managing editor, co-owner Rotaviz, of course, fantasy football report. Great podcast with Hassan Rahim at Rotaviz Radio. Follow him on Twitter at Am I the Real Blair? Blair, great job, man. Rotaviz is awesome. It's an honor working here, and and all the great tools that we have that are just so essential with with breaking things down. People use the site, go to it, and bring home the title, man. And and Blair, best of luck in all your leagues as well.
1: Thank you so much. Same to you.